0: So if you if you stop and, and, and think that maybe I don't have to own a title, but I just have to own like the methodology of how to approach problem solving in a visual way that can kind of allow you to play in different pockets.
1: Welcome to Step Into The Sandbox, a conversational journey through the minds of creatives. Step into the worlds they create as we unpack the roots and elements of their creative process. I'm your host, David Verjano, and this is episode one of the podcast. These first few episodes will highlight some creative professionals from various disciplines as they share their stories of growth, failure, and everything in between. Our first Sandbox guest is Sin Lagos, a photographer and designer extraordinaire who's worked with the likes of Google and Facebook on creative projects and recently was accepted into Adobe's creative residency program, which is pretty damn cool. We discuss her hometown roots, how she got started, and what she's working on these days. Enjoy.
0: Hi everyone. My name is San Lagos. I'm an Adobe Creative Resident, um, focused on street photography and graphic design. I'm honestly from a lot of different places, yes. but I feel very confident now in saying that I am from Miami. Yes. <laughs> the cafecitos, the food, the music—I relate to all of that. That's yeah. yeah.
1: In terms of how you got started, did you mainly start with graphic design? Did you start with photography?
0: Um, yes. Yeah, so I actually went to school for graphic design. I have a bachelor's in graphic design. I um, really dabbled in that for a couple years. Um, not a couple, actually, a good amount of time in the advertising industry. Um, and that taught me a lot about um, how the marketing world, world works and how um, it's changed quite a bit, right? Because we have so much more accessibility since when I started. But in that period, I remember just needing uh, a different outlet to express my own narrative because graphic design is very confined to expressing the narrative of the client, which could be a very interesting like uh, brain exercise, right? Because yeah. once in a while you do have to separate yourself. I think it's a really cool thing to be able to um, learn as as an artist in general, to know how to separate yourself from anything that you're creating. But at the same time, um, I think for me, I needed to just express myself. Yeah. And, and that's how I found my my way to street photography. Yeah.
1: So when was the first time you picked up a camera?
0: Well, I actually bought a camera because, you know, like everyone, we get really excited and we buy this very expensive thing and then we just leave it in the closet. Yeah. I did that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, I really jumped into this whole mobile photography, um, space, which no one was really doing at the time, but it was also the start, the beginning of Instagram. So it was like very much the Insta of Instagram. Like everything was instantaneous. You know, you took a picture with your phone and then you, you uploaded it and it was, it was there right away for everyone to get feedback to, um, we had like just, you know, just so many different, like such a different outlet of Communities at yeah. the time, so mobile. I think mobile photography was the the place where I was able to really like, I don't know, like dive deeper into photography.
1: I think it was a really cool time for a lot of creatives, you know, Instagram coming up and seeing like a visual platform take off and, and, and provide this like new medium for us to share these different ways yeah. of, of our expression and, and and different creative kind of. Things yeah, I
0: think having those parameters is what. Helped me, I think the competitive side of me mm-hmm. got really, really excited to see. And I was competing really at the time, there wasn't a lot of people in there. So yeah. I was really competing with myself because I just saw okay, I took this one photo, I need to do the next one better.
1: Yeah.
0: And then better. And then I just, that's, but I had a portfolio, almost like a little uh, reference of how I had been doing. Um, and that really helped me maintain sort of a momentum and And keep trying different things
1: so you said you originally were trained in graphic design, then you picked up a camera later, so you weren't necessarily professionally trained in in photography no so no. how did you yeah. go about learning and and going through those um, motions of
0: on on one side it was definitely application, just seeing what I was willing to try and what yeah. would um what really caught my attention and and so kind of go in that direction and then I just You know search the internet like my open library and then i started finding different ways any question i had i started finding the answers to it um how do i photograph at night was a big question how do i approach strangers um but also before i had that question i needed to understand that that was something i was intrigued by and at the time i was working in downtown in downtown Miami, and downtown Miami is very um, urban, very greedy, and um, at, in, in the evening, it feels a little bit of, like, a Chicago or New York, because you see the buildings casting certain shadows, and that, that was when I would get out of work, right? Yeah. So, um, I r- realized I was very attracted to light, and this is a very important part of any photographer, of right. course, yeah. but, like, at the time, being a novice, like, that was a good uh, instinct for me to follow. And so I started teaching myself how to use um, a professional camera after because I realized I had more control yeah. over that, uh, over those options, yeah. yeah.
1: Totally. So when you first picked up that camera and, and you started messing around with it and testing out and experimenting, was that something that you immediately said, wow, this is something that I could make part of my career? Or was it something that you initially thought was a passion? Like, what was your reaction when...
0: Well... Y- I have to really, like, kind of remember my archives. Yeah. But um, I do remember... So at the time, I really had a very open conversation with my art director. Um, I worked at Pumping, Carlos. He was incredible. He was almost like my mentor, right? He would always tell me different um, ways of thinking as much as, like, what I was doing for my day-to-day tasks. Yeah. So I we had an open communication, and I would tell him how how intrigued I was with photography. And so he would give me different jobs, like different tasks that would involve some level of photography, whether it was editing it or just like editing somebody else's photo or publishing it or something. And then that got me more into it. But I did have to learn outside of that, what was the photography industry about? Is this a potential career? I didn't know because I, I knew what I... What I could, had access to, which was advertising, yeah. and I would see the photography in advertising. I would see, the, see it printed. I would see the possibilities of it in the, in the digital media, um, but I didn't see that level of creativity in there. Um, I didn't see that level of like, almost like fine art, being published alongside um, an advertisement for a vehicle. Like it wasn't. It was not quite my style, you know, so I needed, I think it took me a while to dig deeper and then find out like, what are the options out there for photographers? I
1: mean, there's definitely a, now it seems like there's so many different applications and the way that people have been picking up uh, mobile photography and, and just traditional, I guess, new digital photography. Yeah. Um, where do you see that in, in the grand landscape right now in terms of the advent of mobile photography? And its effect on photography as a whole industry, mm-hmm. um, a- a- as opposed to people who are a little bit more traditional and, and kind of like cling on to DSLRs and, and more uh, mm-hmm. traditional format cameras, I would say.
0: I think you could do so much mobile photography because the output is to a mobile. The, that's already fitting all the criteria that are necessary yeah. if someone's hiring you for example in any collaboration online and social media they very much accept any mobile like output so if you create like a, a scene with their products and you took it in in a phone it's fine because their outlets is gonna are gonna be uh, Facebook and Instagram and potentially a website which might make it a little bit bigger but still it lives it's already optimized so it's perfect um so i think not enough people are giving it credit and yet all these phones are coming out with five eyes on them right like um all of these different cameras are are just being adapted to this the single hardware that we used to use for communication but now we're using as an expression uh i i think a lot of people should give it more more credit and and not be too caught up in, like, the major digital cameras. Correct. That is also a stepping point, right, if you want to take things to another level. Yeah. Um, like I said, it gives you so much more control.
1: Yeah.
0: But even now with the applications, um, I use, like, the Lightroom application because it gives you that, like, that um, manual control over yeah. your camera. Yeah. So the fact that you can see all of these different um, settings and you can see the light ahead of time, all these these options you didn't have them
1: before (laughs) yeah yeah um so i i think that it's it's definitely allowed the barrier to entry to be a lot lower and and allows people to experiment and become creators in ways that before they would have to save up so much money to buy this piece of equipment to then be able to go and shoot and if it was film back then then you'd have to go develop the film and now it's just so instant and so accessible that we really get to see true creatives come out right (laughs) that's amazing Yeah. yeah So it's yeah. really a cool time in terms of being a visual creator.
0: That said, I think it's also very important to start with your free access, right? Like you have all these applications that are mimicking the professional applications. Yep. So if you're learning Lightroom um, on an app and the app is already giving you those settings, you're going to get familiarized with these settings that are going to like give you the, sort of like a bridge to the more professional, more like robust version of it so then it it, that's the hardest part I think like as when you're starting it's like you're overwhelmed with the the many options you're overwhelmed with the many buttons inside of on on top of a DSLR right Um, and so like when you're reducing that it's almost like you're starting at like okay I'm starting freshman year (laughs) and I will eventually graduate but Give, give those those tools credits because we are spoiled. Yeah. Like, it's, it's beyond belief how much access to education we really have.
1: Yeah, no, that's undeniable. I mean, there's mm-hmm. been so much online now that, like you said, you can go on YouTube, you can go on Google and find anything you want. Um, in terms of how you go about from the educational phase to the actual execution of a, uh, some sort of concept you're going to create, are there any rituals, are there any methods or processes that you go through on your own end it's you know the way that works for you
0: yeah Um, so actually I do I since, since I I really taught myself photography from scratch it's really sort of um, turn on this this spark in my brain where like I want to learn anything. Yeah. Um I've taught myself, I'm teaching myself how to play the ukulele. <laughs> I never thought I would have ever play music. Um, I'm teaching myself how to slack line. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's walking a chord. <laughs> it's just it's very interesting the things you can learn. And every single time, some of those those same methods apply to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, you really, one of the things I always think about is, you don't think you have bad habits, but you have bad habits on anything, um, whether that is, um, you know, you're you're accustomed to just like not paying too much attention to, to a video or not writing notes, like break those habits and then create a, a specific workflow for yourself so you can apply yourself. Um, for me, for example, in Slackline, it was I... Had a bad habit of just fearing, like that I was going to fall, fearing that, I, like I had to look down, I had to look at my feet, all these things. And it's like once you fall, you realize, okay, that okay, there, there it is, it's over. Yeah. Um, so now I know how to get get over that hiccup. Uh, so get over those hiccups. Wake up earlier. Um, look at your your computer for a certain amount of time. Talk to other creatives. Face that fear of talking to creatives. Yeah. So those are the bad habits that we have already. That I think are, you can begin there by breaking those, and then a, then you have the clean slate to adapt new habits. Now you can become a professional. Um, I don't know, like, person who 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 understands like their community. Yeah. A person who reaches out. A person who speaks out about the things that they've learned. Um, and it takes a little while, but. Teaching has helped me learn too. Yeah, I, And it, it takes a lot of um, guts because you think, like, why am I even doing this? Like, but on one end, I'm benefiting from it, and on another, it's just like such so so rewarding to be able to uh, realize how far you come yeah. and how much you can help a person that's just sort of starting in the beginning.
1: My mom has been a teacher for all her life, so you know you hear this from professionals that are in education that. Teaching in itself is a way of self-education because you kind of have to go through the material. You have to kind of like rehash some of those things that you might have forgotten. So it definitely is something that uh, helps both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, But something that you mentioned was the concept of spending a limited amount of time online or on your computer and your phone, whatever it is. In in this era where we're always online, where everything is pretty much social media or Mm -hmm. Internet-driven, how do you strike that balance between... Being online and separating yourself and kind of giving yourself some offline time.
0: The balance. <laughs> oh boy, the balance is hard, you know, and imbalance balance is important in anything that we do. Uh, it's important in the food we consume. You know, you can overdo that, yeah. although you think it's like what you need to live, right? Um, you can overdo exercise. You can overdo so many things. So if you strike, if you really think about balancing, it's not about. Quitting Instagram. It's not about quitting the internet altogether. Um, because then you would be quitting all this free access that we were just talking about. Yep. All of this amazing uh, this amazing library of education, a free yeah. education that would otherwise cost you thousands of dollars in formal traditional education, right? Yeah. So for me it's very, very important to be very aware of the places where I can where I spend my time in in the World Wide Web. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have, like, different news outlets. I love podcasts. I love, like, feeding my brain with good information. And at the same time, you know, you have to, like, kind of step out and then talk about these things that you've learned. Yeah. And if you find yourself, like, stuck in a meme account, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would be there. Yeah. I, I know there's a, there's there's some kind of level of, like, intelligence and knowing comedy there is honestly you have to laugh a little but you also need to understand that you can only so much per day yeah so unless you're going to open with that those memes that you're learning unless there's something that it's going to manifest out of that then maybe this is a waste of time and it's also a waste of this space inside your brain yeah um and you know what happens to your computer overloads, and it says Sorry i can 't open a software now I can't function. yeah, that happens to us too. Yeah. Um, I recently went camping and we had no access to internet that's also helpful yeah. you know it 's helpful to be um to know that you have these like this almost like uh like this pool like your fingers just need to move in a certain direction. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it. that's weird, but it, yeah. I, I, I think I've experienced it a couple of times. And then you just get like, okay, wow, I don't, I don't need my phone. I've, I'm looking at somebody in the eyes and we're having a conversation about something completely. Yeah. And then in order to have a really good conversation, you really have to spend the time.
1: Absolutely. You can't
0: just yeah. say, this is cool. Oh, I like it. I like what you said. Yeah,
1: and that's it. and walk away. You and can't
0: comment on Emoticon yeah, yeah. in real life. Yeah. So that's going to help you exercise... Your your social the social part of social
1: media, Yeah. right? Oh, I, I totally get that. In terms of what you where you see yourself going now, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of learning. There's a lot of experimenting you've done. One thing that I read uh, in another article that you mentioned it was like, quote, from time to time I find myself realizing that at the beginning of my visual journey, uh, I could give myself that before I could give myself permission to consider myself an artist. Mm-hmm. So it's like you were already in it. But then you you basically hadn't even given yourself permission to be an artist. Speak about that. Like, what what was right. that realization and that that moment for you in uh, in your career?
0: I take a lot of pride in not uh, giving myself that title yet, yeah. because that gives me something to work towards. Um, I did it when I was studying to be a graphic designer. You know, I was just studying,
1: yeah. and so I
0: wouldn't call myself a graphic designer just yet. Yeah. Um, also, when you're in the industry, a lot of times you're giving a title but it's just because they need someone to fulfill that title and you don't encompass that title like for example in our director that our directors nowadays are very questionable because you wonder if they've actually experienced and our director must have experience a graphic design role the web developer role the every role that he he or she's willing to direct I think that is so important so you can't just like adapt the title and say that this is what I am. So for me, taking on the title of a graphic designer, a street photographer, um, it meant that I had actually experienced the things that a graphic designer, street photographer had to experience in order to really like, take it right. on. Yeah. Um, but in it, that said, it's, it's still kind of like um, something that bothers me like to, to be too stifled in a title you have to also consider that there's, there's sort of like the blurred lines where graphic design merges with photography, where it merges with film, where it merges, you know, everything yeah. can merge together. I consider myself an artist now. I just think that the way I approach every project is, you know, I, I really consider my internal feelings as much as the external feelings, as much as how it's going to be received by an audience, um, the potential of it in years from now, that's a visual artist um, way of brainstorming. Yeah. So if you if you stop and 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 think that maybe I don't have to own a title, but I just have to own like the methodology of how to approach problem solving in a visual way, um, that can kind of allow you to play in different
1: pockets. We used to run into each other at. Cafes at a Kava bar in different parts of Miami at different events, so it's been really creative mornings, Um, and and now it's gotten you to the point as you mentioned earlier to be working with Adobe as an Adobe Creative Resident. What's that experience been like for you?
0: It's honestly been it's unbelievable. I I think for me it was just this thing that I was going to try. And I thought maybe I'll get... Let's see how far I make it, right? That competitive side again. Like, Maybe I'll make it for the first interview. Maybe I'll make it to the second. Um, The fact that I I got it and I'm based in Miami, Florida, which I think a lot of people here aren't aware of those opportunities. Um, A lot of people ask me, how did I learn about this? Mm -hmm. Again, the Internet. That's how I learned about it. And if you quit the Internet, you wouldn't know about these things. Um, But also it takes guts to say, like... I think I've worked really hard and I think I have a very strong conviction over a concept. And This is what I did. I pitched a concept called visual language, mm-hmm. uh, which actually stemmed from this idea that I, I'm i not just a graphic designer, but I'm using visuals as a way of communication, as a way to persuade, as a way to tell stories. Um, so how can I like, educate the modern artist into this realm of visual language? Correct. Yeah. and. This has been an incredible experience. The Adobe Creative Residency has basically supplies, mentorships, it supplies the resources, it supplies the time that, that as an artist, you crave for in order to be able to really um, uh, submerge yourself in in a concept and see what you can find, see what you can create. So within our our, our team of Adobe Creative Residencies, um, um, residents, I'm sorry. We have um, web developers. We have UI/UX. We have uh, photographers of different categories, yeah. right? Um, and f- uh, a videographer. Like it's just amazing. Like the, the level of of talent that's just within like a small group yeah. of individuals. And some of us are some of them are international. Some of them are based in the U.S. Uh, myself included yeah. um, but I really like right now actually we're coming up to the next um, application for um, 2020 okay. so I urge everybody to try it out it is a very difficult you know like <laughs> yeah. honestly there was over I think 1500 applications wow. and getting selected I mean has its own like rush of adrenaline For sure. Um, yeah. going through the interviews was a rush of adrenaline <laughs> But I think even if you don't get it, I think what's really fulfilling is that you put together a concept. And it's, it's this concept that you would do otherwise. Like, whether somebody picked it up or not, like, you would do it in any case. Um, so I would, I would urge everyone that, to apply whatever your discipline is. If you're excited about something that you think you can invest an entire year, um, it, finding out how to develop it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Um, and it's such a, such a thrill to be able to just even meet these, um, the individuals that are behind the Adobe company, right? Yeah. Like, you, you meddle with the, the softwares on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But, like, I have actually had the chance to meet the teams of Lightroom, to meet the teams that create Premiere and continue to develop and, and uh, innovate um, new softwares for us to play yeah. with. It's incredible.
1: It's amazing. amazing. So you said that there was, like, about 1,500 applications.
0: Last year, there was 1,500 applications. There yeah. might be more this year. Wow. Um, and it's really... I think some... If I can give some feedback on, like, the best way of applying, uh, I think it's really, really important for you to consider, like, what would your schedule be like for the entire year? Um, how is it that you've been able to stand on your own two feet without any guidance? Because most of this is very much like uh, your own initiative. You have to take a lot of initiative. It's really up to you how successful your project is. Okay. So uh, for me, I was always freelancing while working on 9 to 5. So it was very easy for me to say, OK, I'm going to take on projects. And I, I, I was able to show, showcase that, that level of leadership mm-hmm. in my interviews. Yeah. Um, but when you're pitching your project also, like, the more examples you have, because I'm sure you've actually tried out these things in the past in one form or another, the more examples you have of that, of those visuals, I think the more it is for someone to be able to see, like, get inspired by it. Yeah, totally. Ins- inspire, some, inspire someone, and honestly, you can take them anywhere. Yeah. Tell them that you're going to do this technically, and it's like, eh, right? Like, yeah. I, you know, you have... I don't think Apple ever really just told us, okay, you have this much RAM inside your computer, buy it. It was more like, this is the next big thing. And that level of inspiration, like, take us to the future, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and what's funny is like, you you reference Apple and how they for so long have been on the side of creativity and, and many people in the creative class have adopted Apple products, but you've actually... Found yourself on the side of Google with the Google Pixel. Right. Um, and you're working with them as an ambassador as well?
0: Yes. So I'm working with Google Pixel um, for their mobile line of, of products. And actually, the Pixel 4 is coming up. Cool. And I'm super excited because, I mean, for every launch, there's always this like, level of, like, creativity that they, they have us engage in. Okay. And um, I'm not just, like, it's it's easy to say that you're an ambassador and say you're just pushing this, like, this product. But Correct, yeah. honestly, the, the Google team and the people that they, they, they've chosen to take on um, as ambassadors are really, really creative people and very, very talented, uh, full force, you know, and I get to meet with them in New York from time to time and hang out, and I'm just, like... It, Inspired every single time, right? Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what the Pixel Four has in store, because, like I told you, I mean, mobile photography is still to this day something. But I, I try and exercise just to challenge myself. Like yeah. sometimes coming going from like something really big to something small really helps. Yeah. Um, to to get you back into like what you're really really into.
1: I get you. Yeah. yeah. And so right now between the phone and you have how many other pieces of camera equipment are you
0: um so i recently uh took on the sony a7r3 nice. which is really fun because um the the video uh has i mean just video in general has evolved so quickly and from the time when i picked up my first camera a canon i was you know i was so in love with this camera and it's, it was so you know, photography just still photography and that camera is amazing and but i really decided to take on a sony for for the video aspect of it and honestly it's been really exciting to like get myself into a new equipment learn it from scratch again yeah. and see what's what, what's new in the technology world yeah
1: you went from canon to sony and then you, you'll yeah. be willing to jump to any other because that's kind of like you know like i don't
0: myself to a brand yeah. i come from a graphic design background i design brands, I design logos, I design, I personified companies from scratch, right? So I know exactly what that persuasion game is about. So when I, I am like leaning towards a product is because I truly believe is, is good for me and I, it works amazing for me. Otherwise I abandon it. I'm like a child too in that way. It's like, Oh, I don't like this toy. Forget about it but so far all of these things that I've had by my side I'm not leaning because of the brand association Um, I can care less if you think like I'm cool because I have a Sony with me I mean honestly like I care more about what I'm saying with this product what kind of photos I'm I'm um, doing like what zip code am I throwing myself in to like try to photograph that culture and the yeah. people
1: yeah what story are you telling with that with right. that device it doesn't really matter what it is it's a matter of like, that's what comes the tricky
0: of- part right like that's the part that takes a lot of um, vulnerability that's the part that it's it's the fingerprint of that artist and no one else can copy so it's harder to like replicate yeah that's always going to get you ahead yeah the equipment is but your tool you know like that's it it's yeah. just your bionic hand but outside of that you have to still consider what you're going to do with this um equipment
1: Forget yeah. forgot who said this i'm not going to take credit for it, but it was the concept of what is the roi of a piano to you versus the roi of a piano to elton john Right. You know, and it's the same tool, but some people can use it to make a career out of it and become masters at that craft, and other people might not be able to use it for much at all. So it's it's what you do with that tool, and, and right. I could see that happening constantly with the new technology that comes out. I think yeah. that there's a, there's a lot of, of new tools and, and toys that we can mess around with, but it's all a matter of how you use it at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: it's really easy to think that you can drop a lot of money, and then you're suddenly going to scale up into being a professional but one is a big problem because then it, it makes people like just the, the new um, crowd of like aspiring artists feel like oh my god I need so much money to even get started yeah. um, which is why I I, I discourage that absolutely yeah. but at the same time it, it makes you feel like you've you don't have to focus on your own like narrative and you just have to say oh well I know how to use this technically, and I know the technical specs of this. And oh, there's so much grain here. And but okay, well, grain is kind of cool because it has this this imperfection of old cameras. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now that grain is now a point of of like symbolism to something that you want to say. Yeah, because it's conditioned into societies because of years and years of this bad camera. Yeah. So you are removing an entire symbolism because of technicality. Yeah. You have to study beyond the technical means of things. Yeah. I've gone into this conversation so many times with with pro and I'm like doing the quotes and you know, like yeah, the yeah, so and in the air but like they're not entirely pros until they have their own way of, of showcasing what they want to say. Yeah.
1: So would you say, I mean, speaking to these quote unquote pros or other people that you considered mentors in the past, has there ever been a piece of advice that you felt was like really bad that when you looked back at it, you tried it out and life kind of showed otherwise? Um,
0: I can't think. (laughs) Um, A bad piece of advice. I don't know. I feel very passionate about that one, mostly because everywhere I, I travel, the first point of contact is like, oh, what do you shoot with? And I was like, damn, okay, we're, we're going to have this conversation again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, it's an expensive camera, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but you're talking to someone who doesn't even have yeah. a car because yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. like, but yeah, you know, like, you have to have that, that, like, it's almost like muscle memory, right? Of, of knowing what you want to say, whether it's someone gives you a, like, a disposable camera yeah, that is the person that I want to like yeah. you know s- stick along with
1: how can you say yeah how do you tell a story when you're like limited to the confines of a disposable camera if you're in yeah.
0: an island would you yeah. want a disposable camera yeah Yeah. why
1: changing. not <laughs> or would a phone you? I mean that's an awesome creative challenge yeah <laughs> it's probably something Adobe should do for you sure be an
0: island? <laughs> My, Miami Beach <laughs> thank you
1: so uh, as we wrap up here are there any other exciting projects that you have in the works or that you're working on right now
0: Yes, uh, there's so many projects actually happening. Um, I'm really excited to be collaborating with Google the Pixel 4 that's coming up, Um, but I'm also very eager to um, develop more videos for for education, Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping to collaborate more with uh, potentially Skillshare, so that's something in the works and you know it's a little milestone for myself, Um, but also it's just like Creating more educational content to be able to uh, translate visual language for me is the utmost importance. And it's a challenge for me because I have to really sit down and be concise about like, everything I've learned. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I've actually thrown myself uh, into the world of like learning videography because I wanted to maintain that mindset of a student as much of one of a teacher. Um, so that, that helps me a lot of like, okay, well, I have, I have another lesson in mind now. <laughs> yeah.
1: So besides Skillshare, um, and, and kind of like doing the educational side of things, are there any other skill sets that you haven't tapped into yet or, or, you know, areas of expertise that you foresee yourself experimenting with down the road? Is there something that you feel like, you know what, now you're picking up videography. Is there another area that you're like, man, I really want to pick this up?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so, audio has come to me like by surprise yeah. and i really have have understood it like it, it's become really easy for me to just be very in, intrigued by a lot of the elements of audio audio editing recording being on site like you become so aware of how sounds build a story mm-hmm. so i listen to podcasts with a whole new like way of thinking now like yeah. oh i see that they they layered the sound effect to in the sound effect could be completely unrelated it could be an orchestra yeah. to be able to show they're talking about molecules and you know so but just this idea of like how they travel through your veins or anything yeah. like that and it's just an orchestra and this this is what i mean by like symbolism like you just you don't know how someone's going to to sort of translate what you're saying yeah. into something else so audio might be the, the next big thing for me
1: I, i'm always the one that, that likes experimenting with different areas that weren't necessarily my forte but like I started off in doing writing and then I segued into a little bit of design picked up a camera and and it was when social media came about that I realized wow here's a medium that allows us to kind of like blend this all together And, and you would see Obviously, through like films, how powerful it can be when you blend all those things. You you watch a scary movie. If you re if you remove all the audio of it, it doesn't have the same impact. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's seeing it as a holistic piece at the end and how you can kind of like put this all together. And if you're confined to something like audio, how do you f- layer on other audio uh, effects that can trigger visual? imaginative kind of uh things oh, in, in people's brains so absolutely. it's super interesting to i see
0: actually that. um that's one of the things i like to use in order to study videography i'll watch something without audio yeah and i'll just be observing the visuals i have no idea what's going on yeah. but i can eventually figure it out because i'm reading into um the set Um, that they decided to select the colors that they decided to include in each character i'm like oh wow this this character keeps wearing blue um so those are the things that like are going to help you and at the same time go backwards and like just listen to something yep and not watch it yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: that's very cool Mm -hmm. yeah so pretty much wraps it up but is Mm -hmm. there anywhere where the audience can kind of follow you or check your work out? Like, yeah. what are your preferred channels? So, uh,
0: on Instagram, it's Sanlagos, C-Y-N-L-A-G-O-S. And in um, the internet, Little Nook, Sanlagos.com, I am creating my own um, online magazine. Nice. Where I'm putting all of my work, and I'm really excited because it's just, like, it's really nice to have a space of your own in the internet. yeah. It's evolving really
1: nicely. It's great to obviously have all these other channels, but to definitely have your own home base so you can kind of craft and and mold into whatever you want is, is always great as well. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. No, that thank wraps it up. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. This is a new creative challenge for myself, so it would be awesome to hear any feedback, any suggestions you might have to help us improve the podcast even if that means recommending guests we should interview or topics we should be discussing you can connect with us on instagram facebook and twitter be sure to subscribe to us on any of the major podcasting platforms we're available on apple spotify and soundcloud right now and lastly if you know anyone that can find value from this podcast please share it with them thanks again and i look forward to having you tune in to the next episode